podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. I'm Gavin, with me I have Grace, Keith and Shawnee. And on tonight's show we're going to look back at Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. We're going to look at the lineup, which may have been a bit of a surprise to some. We're going to look at the red card in the game, um, which was a fair, was it not? There's been a lot of debate over that. And of course we're going to look at the window closing as well on Tuesday at 11pm. Um, loads more in between as well. Um where we start, where we start. We'll start on the lineup. We'll start on the lineup. Um Shawnee, I'm gonna to come to you first. Um he the lineup um which I can put up on screen for you. Um I had to surprise you, Shawnee, you know. Like I, I know there was rumoured lineups and stuff like that, but that surprised me when it came out, I'm being honest. Yeah, the only one I was surprised with really was the inclusion of Elliot. Um I didn't think that club would put him in there in such a big high-stakes game because yesterday was a game of uh, big boy football. You know what I mean? It's two of the best teams in Europe playing against each other. And in these type of games, as we saw yesterday and how it played out, the, the finer margins and the little details in these games can be the difference between getting a draw, being beaten or, or winning the game. So I, I was surprised that he went with Elliot. I thought it would have been more of a try to trusted, probably Kate in there because he had played well in the last two games or Thiago even as he was kind of building him up because I know Thiago played 90 minutes against uh, Aston Villa in the behind closed doors game and he comes on then towards the end of the Burnley game so I was thinking maybe he was looking at having a midfield three of Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson on that right right hand side which has been sort of the go-to midfield in in the bigger games Uh, Elliot starts and to be fair it's a start on merit because he was absolutely superb against Burnley. Um, and I don't think he let himself down, to be honest. I think he played very well. I think um, he had a good game. I think he handled the the situation in the game very well. And again, I just have to say, I'm absolutely blown away by the kid, not by his football. But the maturity he spoke with in his interview after the game, it, it's like this kid is coming on leaps and bounds every time we see him because, you know, he was getting into a little bit of stuff on social media and the stupid haircuts. Because he was a kid, you know what I mean? Mm. He seems to be grown really rapidly, as not only as a footballer, but as, as a man. So, um, yeah, he comes in, he doesn't do himself any really. I think he probably upsets the balance on the left-hand side of uh, the, the team because I don't think Henderson had his best game. I don't think Robbo was very good. And I don't think Mane was great. As opposed to the other side, I think the right-hand side functions really, really well with Harvey Elliott in there. He seems to have a really good understanding of Mo Salah already, which has become apparent over the last two games. So, uh, Bobby was always going to come in for the big game. I think club fancies Bobby in the big games. The ball retention is pressing, and he done that really well in the first half. He he was everywhere at, at times. So, I wasn't surprised to see Jota come out. Not Not because Jota hasn't been great. I just feel that in those big games, I think Bobby is the one that uh, Klopp really trusts. Chris, he, 
Elliot starts and it, it is a surprise for me, although he's been really good when he's played, you know, and with, with a small, small sample size, let's be honest. But I think, and, and someone said in the chat there, the surprise, um, was that they moved Henderson, you know, and, and they put Henderson out to the left hand side. And that's, that's why it was a bit strange to me because I think Kate has done really well in that position. And to, to move Kate out, to take Kate out for Henderson, I couldn't understand why he just didn't put Henderson on the right-hand side and, and let Elliot play off the left-hand side. It seemed to affect both sides of our midfield, you know, that sort of way. And, and the Firmino one for me, I didn't expect him to start because I thought they were I thought they were managing him and, you know, bring him back. And, and I know where Shawnee's coming from. Like, you fancy him in the big games, but I was very shocked that Jota didn't start. Um, yeah, I was shocked. Jota didn't start. I was shocked. Elliot started. But... But Jurgen Klopp is when he puts a faith in a play, when he puts faith in a player, he he really puts faith in a player. Doesn't matter what what level of game it is. And as Shawnee says, this was a this was a big boy game. And Elliot, we we spoke about it last week. Um, he was playing against like physically, he was playing up against big boys last week. This week, he was playing big boys in terms of levels as well. Um, and he didn't look out of place, in my opinion. Um, I think the thinking behind Henderson and Fabinho, yeah, he kind of shoehorned Henderson in because he had to bring in Fabinho because he felt Fabinho's aerial presence or protecting the back, the two centre-backs, sort of they created a shield in front of Lukaku. I think that probably was the tactical thinking behind it. Uh, and Henderson, six foot plus as well. Um Fucking saying that we, we they scored from a set piece in the end, but but um, but the thinking that was the thought process I'd say, um, but Fabinho looked very sluggish, um, and Henderson didn't look comfortable playing on that left. Obviously, the highlight of his uncomfortableness was when he was found in the box in the first twenty minutes or something, was it? Yeah, when he had a good chance. So yeah, um, overall. Even Robertson, bringing back Robertson, obviously you, you bring back Robertson if he's fully 100% fit. He's, the, he's one of the first names on the team sheet. But even Robertson wasn't himself. So, yeah, that left side kind of totally killed us. I think that was that was the, the disappointing thing for me anyway. Yeah. I just, like, it's not hindsight for me. I, I, I did look at the side and I just thought it looked a bit unbalanced. To start with, I understand getting certain players on the pitch. I can understand it for me, no one, because he's. We said it. He he'll come and he'll sit on on whoever uh, Jorginho for argument's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? You understand an Elliot because of the way he's played. I don't understand the Kate one. You know, I just don't. For me, I, it's just it's just a weird one. Um, but Keith, when you seen the lineup, did you think that or did you think no? It's a, it's a good lineup. There's people there on merit because I did. I felt sorry for Jota and I felt sorry for Kate. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I suppose it's it's hard to look without using hindsight now. But when I seen the team, I didn't. I always thought Bobby was coming back into that team for the reason that, and we've said it all through last year, the year before. Bobby comes in, Klopp trusts him in these big games, and especially against the likes of Chelsea, where Jorginho dictates that play, and you need someone to sit. And Bobby is the one who will do that. You know, he is the the forward that will do that, and will get in amongst them. So I wasn't really shocked. What I was shocked was Robbo starting. I wouldn't have started him. That wasn't hindsight. That was, I might have said that on the midweek fix last week. I wouldn't have brought him back in because I don't, you can't be fit after getting an injury that reeled you out that long. 
and he didn't look fit. I thought the left-hand side, I didn't think Robertson looked fit. I think Henderson was drifting in centrally too much. Naturally, I think he just sort of drifts. And I thought Satya was a bit woeful. So, yeah, the left side, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have started. I would have kept Simakas in there just because I think he he played well and he was warranting a game. Now, if he wanted to bring Henderson in, I wouldn't have, of all the positions, I wouldn't have put him was the left-hand side for the fact that he's just going to constantly move in and move in, which is what he's done. <clears throat> Keita plays there. Thiago plays there. I would have played one of those players there that are used to that, that gives you that balance. Uh, and people will listen to this and they'll say, what's the difference? You're a central midfield player. What's the difference if you're playing on the left-hand side of a midfield three or a right-hand side? It's a huge difference. Because if you look at the way Henderson plays, Gav, you said this for the last two years when... Um, Henderson does all the donkey work for Salah. He allows Trent to go forward and he does all that by slotting in and covering on that side. So I think his natural inclination is to move into his right, into his right all the time. And I think it just exposed us. But look, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. You know, I was excited to see Elliot in there. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been surprised if Elliot had been dropped out just because we said it last week as well, you know. You play him against Burnley, you give him that taste, you give him the 90 minutes, he wasn't whipped off, and then you sit him out with this one and you say, there's other games coming up for you. Don't worry, we'll get you in. To play him again in this, I thought was a, a great um, great show of uh, support by Open Club for Harvey Elliott. I think it's put a few lads on their toes now. I think, yeah, I think there's players in that squad that might have expected to come in. I think, look, I think we all would have thought in this midfield would have been Fabinho Henderson and either Thiago or Keita. I didn't think it would have been Harvey Elliott, but look, he's thrown a spanner in there and I thought Elliott done very well. Mm-hmm. Sean, you said he links up really well with Mo Salah and Trent on that right-hand side. I think he's getting used to playing a new position, Harvey Elliott, because what I found was the problem sort of with him there, Mo Salah is not a wide player. Mo Salah is cutting in all the time. And I think Harvey was maybe getting into some positions similar to Mo Salah. So I think he just needs to maybe learn um, a, a slight adjustment to where he's going because I thought they were sort of occupying similar positions yesterday. I don't think there was enough width. Um, we don't get width out of Mo Salah. We, we don't get width out of Jordan Henderson. I'm not saying Henderson would have been over there giving us that that width threat. I just felt that there was maybe on each other's toes a bit. But Elliot will learn from that. That's it. That's it. You know they're the European champions. That's not a bad um, game to get your, you know, your feet under the table in this team. And so look, I thought Elliot done well. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I genuinely would have started Simakas ahead of Robertson because I just didn't think Robertson would be fair, and it looked it in the game. Mm. Um, super chat here from uh, Govender I'm going to just call you because there's loads of letters and numbers um, he said Elliot was absolutely class and has made Trent tuck inside loads more um, that looks like it's being worked out on the training ground yeah and there's, there's probably a point there when you think why yeah. is he shifting Henderson but if he's going to play Elliot why move Elliot to the left when he's he's done all his work in pre-season and stuff on that right side of a tree so it was just it was one of those but um, I'm sure there's loads of people in the chat were bang happy that he, he started um I was with you though. I thought I thought Fabinho would come in simply because of that. Like Grid said, the protection for the back, the back, the centre halves after all the media stuff around Lukaku for the last week or so. Um, and I just thought Jota in a game where uh, I understand the Firmino thing, but we we spoke about Jota last week. He doesn't get overly involved. Works hard, 
works hard, pressing machine, doesn't get overly involved, but he's always there, bang, you know, goal, shot on target. And I think that's something we, we badly missed yesterday. Although Firmino, up until probably five minutes before he went off, done okay. But I just thought, in a game of fine margins, um, and you want someone a little bit clinical, I thought maybe Jota was, was the shout. But look, he went with, he went with Firmino, and, and, and we, we all know how it worked out and stuff like that. Um, going through the game, you know, I didn't think it was a great game. I'm going to be honest. I thought there was a lot of controversy, and I thought it was it was the pace was quite good, and I thought the quality wasn't quite there throughout the game. But you know, Liverpool are well on top for me, um, and then Chelsea score. Liverpool had four shots, I think, before Chelsea scored. None, none of them on target, mind you, but they were they were they were probing. I thought Liverpool, and I thought something will come eventually. But Havertz gets the first goal, and Sean, I'll come back to you. Um, a lot of people saying, did he mean it? Did he not? But he just does the right thing, doesn't he? Um, he makes a good run. He's not tracked. The defending is poor, you have to say. Who has him? And even at that, the guys on the front post or around that area, why aren't they watching for something like this? But he does the right thing, Sean. He gets a flick on it, which if it doesn't go in, it causes it causes trouble for Liverpool. But exactly. it manages to loop over Alisson and go into the net. And it's, it's a good header, whether he means it or not. It's actually a good header for what he's trying to do. Yeah, I, just, I thought the lead up to the corner I, I thought it was a bit I don't know it just seemed a bit lazy and casual to me I think don't think Trent gets close enough to, to Alonso quite quick enough and I know there's a bit of um, everyone Neville is thinking oh, did they go out off Trent and it does it does. It was a corner but I just don't think we weren't snappy enough to, to stop the cross now he does stop he obviously gets a, a block on the cross but it goes out for a corner so it's not ideal Mm. Um, it's a lovely run from Havertz. Uh, he catches Robbo cold, Robbo because Robbo's yeah. the one who I think he was marking him. And like you said, it's just one of them, Gav, where you, you get you get a touch on it, and he look he's looking to flick it towards the back post and cause a disruption, but he happens to just head it so clean that it just loops in, and it's a good goal. You know what I mean? It, it's soft in the way the corners can see. It. It's a good goal. There's not an awful lot you can do about that instead of read about it. But I just think Robbo's on his toes a little bit on his heels uh, and Havertz steals a match and that's the type of player that Havertz is. Havertz plays the game with the the extra couple of yards in his head and yeah. it, it just showed he, he's a player who's going to really grow into himself this season I feel and it, it was one of them. It, th- this game was always going to be won on a, a set piece or a mistake or a such moment of genius. <coughs> or that's the way these games are normally. You know what I mean? It's not normally just two and fro with Slava knocker. Not at this stage of the season because I think at the stage of the season we were both coaches were probably thinking, okay, well, if you don't get B here, well we're in a good position. So it's probably important you don't lose, especially for Chelsea. Don't lose away from home on the road and yeah. the, the big leagues because I think the way this season is panning out, the whoever ends up on top of the, the mini league, so to speak, will 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 win the league. Yeah, because you can see an awful lot of these teams, you know, flat track bullying as they call it and then it comes down yeah. to that mini league and it sounds like a very obvious thing to say but we've seen teams oh, in the yeah. past where they don't quite perform that great in the mini league of that six or seven or whatever it is but they could still go and win a league because yeah. they, they they just flat track bully better than others um, Kyle Fagan says and a couple of kind of mentioned this and, and Grizz I'll come to you he reckons it was poor from Allison not to get that um, and someone else I think it was it might have been uh, Sean Swain if I got your name wrong no I didn't Sean Swain um, he reckons his footwork was slow on that um, do you agree Chris? he's muted 
I was muted. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one to blame the keeper. Um, you know, it did to, to, to us, it seemed a bit lo- loopy. It kind of took ages to get into there. But um, as a goalkeeper, no, I'm not an expert on goalkeeper, but when you hear commentators speak about goalkeeper situations or positioning on a corner, you try to, especially if you haven't got anyone on the far post or near post, you try to more cover the near post. Um, so, yeah, it was a look. I think whether he meant it or not, again, it's, it's not the main issue. The main issue was our our slackness and poorness in defending and organising. We're not normally like that. We Those days of conceding soft goals from set pieces were a thing of the past. And that was as easy because they only had three people in the area. And we had like sort of four in a zone and then two, three loitering around. And... Um, to le- and 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 Havertz saying uh, uh, like Havertz like Werner's pretty short. Havertz is six foot plus, so to leave mm. just a six foot plus striker in effect just around uh, was um, was awful. So yeah, I want to blame Allison. To be honest with you, I just blame the the, the, the whole group of them, the organisation around it. Mm. I'm wondering how hard it is to stop anyway if if he's tracked because he's not he's not stretching for it. You know, he's not absolutely stretching to get a flick on it. It's just a flat ball that he, he, he gets a good header on. And he's not like 15 yards out. You know, it happens very, very quickly. And you would, some goalkeepers or some people that like, um, you know, no goalkeepers better than us would say, no, we should probably move his feet a bit quicker and get across. But I think because of the angle it's at and how quick it happens, I think it's one of those where it's just, it's over him before he even, I know he dives, but I think it's over him and it's in it. And somebody says there, it scrapes the, it scrapes the crossbar on the way down. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's it's a foot or eighteen inches below the crossbar, and you're kind of going move your feet and you get that. I think it's it's one of those. It's 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 when you're it's when you're tough when you're a kid when you play football. Get to the front post and just get a flick on it. and You never know what will happen. It could drop at the back post or it can go in. It's one of those, and, and it's it's very simple. You don't see them. You don't see them much anymore at all. No, because near post it. flick on. Yeah, but but it's something you're told as a as a kid. You know, I remember as a kid, like get get to the Arsenal front post. Arsenal used to do it, didn't get they? Get to the get to the front post and um, just get that get ahead on that and see where it goes. You know, and it's it's a bit like air goal or not air goal, but the lead up to where penalty. When you look at mm-hmm. Mane, just gets a flick into an area, and you know that's where it goes. But Keith, I come to you because I don't think Liverpool reacted very well to that goal. You know, I was expecting Liverpool to go right. It's happened. Let's get back on it. But I thought we looked a bit ropey. You know, Lukaku. Lukaku turns Matip very, very easily. I think it's Matip and he, he plays in Mount and I think Mount probably makes the wrong decision. And at that stage, I think these could get a second here and then it's really up here. Liverpool needed to kind of settle things down, didn't they? Yeah, I think some in the, the momentum of games can go like that. You know, you get a goal really out of the blue. Um, a lot of people, just to go back to the Havertz goal, a lot of people saying it was a fluke, he didn't mean it, but look, the it was he's a good header of the ball, Koy Havertz. He's about six foot two, like he's good in the air. Sean he said he connected nice on it. So I think, you know, that got their tails up and then they were driving and look well, any team, I think so just after scoring, sometimes you can silence a crowd and you can sniff blood in the water, you know. So I, I think, you know, Chelsea looked like they could have done it. But then I thought Liverpool did weather it well. I thought, you know, after Mount has his chance, I think Liverpool get more into it. Um you know, it's hard because it, there's an expectation right, that Liverpool, you know, the crowds are back and we're going to be going in and steamrolling every team at Anfield. And it's not going to happen. You know, the, the 
there's some good teams in this league now. Some really, really good teams in this league. And Chelsea went in there and for that period, I thought they looked the threat. I thought that threat died away then, obviously, what happens later on. But I thought I, I thought Chelsea probably, if they had to put their foot a bit more on the trout, could have had a bit more joy in the 10 minutes after they scored, but they didn't. Um, so I was happy enough with that. You know, I was happy. Um, Liverpool did sort of start to get into it and then start to put them under a bit more pressure and start to uh, take a, a, a hold of the game as the first half went on. Um, Chelsea are a Chelsea are a weird team, you know. In to me, like they don't really have a settled team. The next game they play, they could play Werner and Zoyac, and people would say, "Oh, that's just squad depth." You know, it's not. They're not. None of them are really standing out at the moment, but they do have players of a threat. Uh, I think Mason Mount's one of the best young players in England. I think he's absolutely excellent footballer. I think he's brilliant. I think he's so underrated as well. For an English player, it's unusual because they usually ramp them up to to ninety. I think that young player is absolute quality, and uh, you know, I, I was worried about. You know, they, we spoke about the build up to the game, the Lukaku versus Van Dijk carry on that went on, um, and the threat wasn't to me wasn't Lukaku. It was the runners off Lukaku, mm. and it was Mason Mount, and it was in this instance Coy Havertz. And you saw Chelsea starting to do that after, you know, after the goal. You saw them starting to get these lads into these positions that looked like they might cause us problems. But then I thought Airboys got in and and made, you know, made let Chelsea know that it wasn't going to be that easy. Because I've been really impressed. I said it. Um, the left side I thought let us down, but we'll speak about some excellent performances later. And I'm going to talk about the centre backs again because. I think Joe Matip, he can get, he can look like he's going to get ragdolled and then just grows into it and then just absolutely up end centre forwards as well. So look, let's see. Uh, the game goes on. Um, how many, uh, what I mean, it's 44, is it that? it's on the stroke yeah. it's on the stroke at half time and I want to I want to give a mention to Mason Mount because I thought he was brilliant yesterday um, exactly. class, it, it, the whole, yeah the whole idea of him and like he says no, it sounds like he's just a runner off Lukaku when he's a sideshow but he's actually very yeah, very no. important to what he did he holds on to the ball so well he's strong um, like very, I think it was very, I think it was his second half yeah first, I'm touching the first half where he rolled I think it's Matip was sensational yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's Zidane-esque. Like, yeah, and, and you know what? There was What impressed me most was when they were down to 10, and we get on to that in a bit, when he was down to 10, he has the ball over the far side, and I think I think Thiago and, and maybe Mane go in and both give him a belt, and he comes out with the ball. You know, he's, he's strong, and he I think he's, he's a fabulous player, Mason Mount, an absolutely that, fabulous just player. getting on to what Keith said there about, about Chelsea, like one week being able to play Havertz and Mount. That's the beauty of their squad is that that they not only have they got like depth in personnel, but they can actually be very tactically adaptable because they can play a four three three now next week and yeah. have the likes of Hudson Adoy and Zoyek playing off whipping balls so into the crack hill. And then you have Havertz and Mount who kinda of operate those those spaces in between the midfield and the forward line that just where they cause havoc. So them going down to 10 men didn't really deter from their game plan because yeah. they just said, look, we are talking about how brilliant uh, Mount is. Two shall just now, right, I'm just going to whip, I'll just whip uh, Havertz here and throw on another fullback 
in there into that space and I can just let Mount do the walk of two across both and that's what he done. So th- that will explain why what happened happened in the second half as you're going on. But this is what we should be looking to do, Gav. Th- that should be the blueprint. Now I'm not saying spend loads of money like Chelsea, but that's that's having a real that's having real squad that you look at City. City have loads of players who just do the same thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have loads of players who just do the same thing. So that would that would be the difference, I think, coming the end of the season. Um, well, we will get on to that um, in a little bit with regards to the window and stuff. But I want to go on to the the, the penalty incident. Then it's right on half time, and Liverpool were building up a bit ahead of a head of steam. You know, you could see Lukaku. You could see Chelsea were, were dropping back, and they were trying to hit Lukaku in the channels, and you know, let him hold it and then look for those runners off him to try get them out. Even not not to, not to up over attack us, but just get them out and you know get a breather. But you know, just before the, I think it's, it might be just before or after the goal, you see a ball down to Lukaku and, and Van Dijk just swats him away and turns and plays it back into Matabin and Liverpool go on the attack and, and you could see the crowd absolutely getting up for it. But Grizz, I'll come to you on this incident because it's it's a good bit of play from Liverpool across the corner. It's whipped in, Mane gets a flick on it, goes across goal. When Matip hit open the air, I was like, that has to be going now. And then what Mendy is doing is beyond me because he's jumping with his own defender. And then Matip hits the bar when he should score. And then it drops down as madness. But it's a penalty. There's no doubt about that, Grizz. But where do you stand on the red card? Because there's been loads of people, Liverpool fans, saying, yeah, it's red and saying no. And the vast majority of Chelsea go and look at the penalty, but there's no way it's a red. Where do you stand on it? So, look, look the, the reason why we... You say we got back us, ourselves into it. I think... I think Jota comes on. How how soon does Jota come on? I think it's about the thirty fifth. Yeah, no, he minute. comes on. He comes on around around the fortieth minute. I think around the fortieth yeah, minute. It's around that. Yeah, he's not. He's not and on long, and he goes on a run no, into the box. Forty three. Yeah, absolutely. So literally, as soon as Jota comes in, he changes. He changes the the direction or the or the pace of the attack. So Jota, we know, um, obviously, maybe not as technically as gifted. And, and and sort of aware of spaces and other players around him as Bobby. But what he has is a directness that probably Mo Salah has. I've often said he's quite like Mo Salah in that terms of his dribbling style and whatnot. And he goes straight for the, for the back three. He gets the ball, receives the ball, and he forces a corner. And from there, as you say, it's absolute chaos. Uh, Mane has a free header, which he probably should get on target. And then you think to yourself, is Matip going to tap that in? Because he's got such, you know, lanky legs, and you think he's going to reach in, but in ter- but instead he kind of just loops it back in the air. Alonso go- goes in with a with a um, challenge on Mendy, and then as you say, Matip looking to head it in. Um, but yeah, fair play to Mane. He he gets there before Havertz. Obviously, having strikers and forwards in those positions is one of those things, isn't it? They're not going to think like a defender automatically, especially his, his face to the uh, his back to the. To the to the other way, where Mane's coming directly at the ball, gets a toe poke. Gav, the question I posed as well on Twitter as well, and I, and, and I was and I wasn't trying to sort of trigger the Chelsea fans or opposition fan bases, but when was the last time we saw someone hand bully on the line and not get a red card? Exactly. Like, like I, 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 Keith, I haven't, I, I couldn't remember. And people are saying, "Oh my god, I couldn't remember the last time." 
uh, uh, someone on the goal line handballs it, and let's not we'll get to the the critical part of why he was sent off, and it was quite bl- obvious and blatant. Not even as a Liverpool fan, but any fan watching that. So they talk about the deflection going onto the hand, and this season it's supposed to be changed. You know that that's not a handball if it deflects off mm. any part of your body. His hand at the bar. Yeah, thank you. Sweet but at the end, so what happens was he he plays. Uh, you guys ever played slap ball? We call no. it slap ball no. in London. That's no? what it okay. says on the team of the does it? It's exactly that. Up against the wall, and you slap the ball, and it's like you got to play oh. the half volley. People know slap ball. Hand if you ball. do, give, give us a shout. You call it handball. We call it slap ball. But he, he plays slap ball, so he yeah, panics. So- ball hits his hand, and then obviously he it wasn't enough. The pace of the ball was such that he couldn't have just stopped it by just putting his, leaving his hand there. It still would have gone over his hand. So what he does, he feels that pressure of the ball coming and it just kind of just flips it forward. And yeah. and, and, and and people criticising the, the, the referee, who was, even though he gave that red card, was still a prick. Let's not care away from uh, him. Oh, to him. Oh, he was still a prick. So uh, for me, it was an absolute uh, dead sir handball and near enough a dead sir red card as well. For the Look, very fact, that I watched the real, the real. It is the real, and, lo- and loads of people are saying, "Lord of the Lord of the saying, but the laws of the game, it is a red card law. Twelve, you can debate whether the law is harsh, but the law is the law. Exactly. And and I sat, I I watched it with a Chelsea fan yesterday. Me and a Chelsea fan sitting <laughs> watching it, and um, when he seen it, when he seen it, he said well, it's a definite penalty. But what what's this, what do you think about the the, the handball? I said. Do you know what? And I didn't know the rule because I'm not, I don't read rules of football. You know what I mean? I, I looked at it objectively, right? I don't sit down with the book, but I looked at it and I said, and I said to him, "Look, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today." Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. If he's on the line and that hits him on the, he goes to hit it with his leg. You know, say he goes to knee it away and mistimes it and it comes up onto his arm. I think that's a penalty and I think it's a yellow card because I think he's made no. it. No, no, what I'm saying is if he makes, if he makes it an attempt to move towards that ball and hit it and it hits his arm, it's it's not intentional, but it's this is what I thought. I'm not saying what the I know what the law and the rule is, but my my point about the whole thing was, if he makes an attempt to play that ball and it comes up and it hits him, it's unintentional, but it has stopped the goal, right? So you know the VAR will come in and all this come in, and I I personally would have looked at it and went, do you know what? It's a it's a yellow and it's a penalty. But he can't, right? I know he can't. The real, the real. I know he can't. Yeah, and and the referee obviously knew the rule, but me looking at it then said to myself, and people said, "Well, his movement with his movement with his hand didn't touch the ball." That's not the point for me. When I seen it, I seen the the leg, the tie. I seen it going up and hitting his arm, and he makes a movement as yeah. if he's trying to hit it. He actually makes he moves his arm out into an unnatural position, as people would call it, and then it ends up. And I'm looking going, and the minute I seen the ref going to the TV, um, I said to myself, "He's gone." He's gone because he's going to see that movement. Now, I didn't know the rule or the law. I I was just looking at it as a football fan trying to make you know sense of it in some sort of rational way. And I and I said to the fellow beside me, the Chelsea fan, I said, he's moved his arm. He's going to be gone. And he was like, are you serious? I said, yeah, it will happen. And it did happen. But I don't know, Johnny. 
there's no double jeopardy with yeah. a handball. It's yeah. not like a tackle. It's yeah. not like yeah. a, a last ditch tackle to deny a goal scoring opportunity. The ball is going in. The ball yeah. is going in. So it's a deliberate handball to prevent a goal. It's not even yeah. a goal scored. The goal the ball is going in. So that's just the rules. I don't understand the hyperbole about it and say, oh, that's harsh. Yeah, maybe the rule is harsh, but well, the Emma, Kavanagh, Emma Kavanagh has the exact wording and it says, where the player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal-scoring opportunity by, by a handball offence, the player is sent off wherever the offence occurs. Yes. So, I don't, I, black I don't and white. I don't fit yes. the whole the narrative by Sky and Neville. I not, Neville was talking about, oh, I don't know. And, like, it's the rule. Yeah. It's the rule. They're going on about all this fairness. Not Look, it was applied properly. VAR was huge. That's the rule. I'm sorry, Reese James, you're gone. Simple yeah, because Jono says the movement of his arm was the giveaway, and that, that's why I thought of it. But when you actually think about it, he, even if he hadn't moved his arm or done nothing, he was going off because it hit his arm on the line. You know what I mean? Or like if, it, if he like hadn't moved his like, arm, the ball goes in. Yeah, but, but well, I don't know. It hits his arm, and it's, on, it's nearly on the way out. out. Yeah, it's nearly on the way out when the, when the movement comes down. But I'm wondering, like... <coughs> so what if he, you, you deny a goal-scoring opportunity, right? Mm. It's a yellow card, mm. and we get a penalty, and mm. you miss the penalty. Yeah, well, that's no the, double jeopardy there. Yeah, but if, you know if, Sal, I mean? if he gets sent off, yes, and Salah misses the penalty, Salah misses the penalty. You know, yeah, but they're, they're down to ten men. Yeah, I, I understand not that, a, but, but it'd be it'd be weird to see. It'd be weird to see, like, say, if that happened in the box, say on the penalty spot, and the ball drops, and Reese James, or any other defender in the Premier League this season, on the penalty spot probably wouldn't have been a red card, but because he's, but on would the it line, been a, would it have been a penalty? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I mean, what I mean by that is, if 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 he goes to play that, if he's he, changing the direction with the ball by moving his hand towards the ball, which mm, he did, yeah, then it's a penalty. That's the rule. But the pro, the, the reason why it was a red is because he's literally he stopped the goal. He's made a save. Yeah, he's yeah. I'm just, I'm, I, was, I, was, I was just trying to think of it in regards to if that's on the penalty spot and there's a bit of a scramble and he kind of puts his leg up, and hits his toy, and comes up and hits his arm, right? Would a penalty be given? Forget the whole movement of the of his hand. Yeah, well, because he's moving yeah. his hand towards the ball. Yeah, I think he is as well. I think, I think when it hits his toy, it goes up, and I, I, I do see like, a bit of a movement. Chelsea, if Chelsea get that, there's no, there's no talking about. Oh, why is it this? Why is it that? We'd yeah. be just told that's the real. Yeah, but that's the bias in the media towards it. And then you think... had, you had, you had the Muppets on Match of the Day. I don't even watch Match of the Day, but I just seen articles about it all day. They have to talk about something, lads. Mm. I think I think the I think the fact I think <laughs> I think Sky were actually setting us up really nicely to lose that, and they needed Chelsea to win that. And the, and the, the way the game was going, that's the way they needed the result to be. And, and that was and because of that decision, they felt oh it's ruined the game. But that's not Liverpool's fault. That's Reese James's yeah, exactly. fault. Did Sky that's, at any stage? Because you know me, when the match is over, I have no interest. But did Sky at any stage show? You know the way they show this three D fucking. Thing and they can go look. This is where the ref was standing when this happened. Did he? Did he have a look at the ref's position in the whole thing? Like no, we thought it, he was looking straight. It was To be honest, Anthony <clears throat> Taylor actually called for the penalty before VAR because right. all the players surrounded him, so he didn't actually miss the decision. He looked at the camera. Then he was told the VAR. He just check it again. He just got a call. Yeah, that's that's the thing. The fact we, I think we spent 10 minutes too much even talking about it, to be honest with you, because it's just that's the fucking real, you know what I mean? Yeah, and um, Keith, I come to you the penalty itself because the amount of Liverpool fans I know that are mad nervous when Salah stands over the penalty. I'm one of them. 
I can't get my head around it because I'm always nervous when Salah takes a penalty. He hasn't missed one. Is it he because he's left foot? No, no, it's not that there's some great Messi's left foot. He could take a penalty. I don't know if it's the way he, he takes his run and he blasts them. I think yeah. his penalties are getting not getting better, but I think when he started taking them, there was a few scuttery ones. There was a few scuttery ones down the middle. Yeah, it's a foxy one. Yeah, do you know, and that's they're the ones that are in your they're the ones that are in your sort of memory. Do you know what I mean? But he doesn't miss them. He's excellent. So mm. I think we may be over the, the fear of him stepping up and taking it, but we always do have that sort 18 of eighteen in a row, is it? Yeah, something like that. Ridiculous. Mm. It's it's a crazy stat and it's brilliant. That's fan, I love that's it. Fan Roy numbers, like yeah. It's it's amazing. Like whereas if you compare him to a James Milner, right? James Milner. It's calm, collected, steps up. You never think he's going to miss. Salah just looks a bit more helter skelter when he's taking them. It's the long run up. It's the long run up. Is it? I don't know. The the long run up, but he arcs his run every time. He does a little hop and he bends his run, and then he just goes and he's placing them now. And I think once he's placed them, they look great. It's the scuttery ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Ellis. Aaron says, uh, "What is a foul and isn't nowadays? No idea. Uh, seems our players don't know either. Potluck." And Norman says, uh, "126 goals for Liverpool now for Salah. Incredible. It really is. It's, it's every week we seem to we seem yeah. to talk about how good he is." He's coming about the what's a foul and like it, it. That this it's all about now letting the game flow, but it's gonna take someone to get that leg snapped now for because it's players are gonna be going in like yeah. Did you see a man's challenge off Burnley today? No, I haven't seen any football today. I was at the beach. He should be locked up. He should be in he should prison. should be locked not up. Even yeah, it's not it? even joking. Ashley Barnes. Right. In, in the box. Up. In the box. And he two foots your man in the air in the quad and then starts rolling around the ground. Like, and I'm thinking, I was only saying last week, oh, yeah, Burnley, let them do what they want, but... The stories just write themselves. You'll see it. It'll be. It'll probably be. He doesn't. He doesn't get a game for England, so they'll probably definitely bring it up on match of the day too tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mister East too. Um, he says slap ball was an East London thing back in the day in George Mitchell School. So there you go. Slap ball is now in uh, London, uh, as Grace just said. But look. It goes to half time. There's uproar. He books Mendy. He books somebody else. It's, it's all going off. Um, yeah, Rudiger and Tuchel is on the sideline. Tuchel hasn't quite worked out how to put yeah. his hand to his mouth and talk to people. He looks like he's singing a song, which is another thing to <laughs> add to the reason why I don't like him. But it gets to half time. And, you know, second half overall, Grizz, I'll come to you. Chelsea make it known what they're going to do. You know, they whip Havertz and they take off. Yeah, Kante. Kante. Kante looked injured though, didn't he just before? Yeah, he was injured. And they bring Kovacic on and they bring on um, Thiago, Silva. Thiago Silva. And you know straight away, when Liverpool tip off, Chris, uh, Chelsea literally just run back towards their own goal. And you knew it was coming. And uh, Start the second half, are you, are you still confident? Look, it's against 10 men. We know how good we are at the back with regards to pinning people in. We do it all the time. You know, did you feel confident? Because I feel like I know it's against 10 men yesterday, but Chelsea are very well drilled. And I think it's led on to like stuff about substitution, which we get to. But were you confident going into the start of the second half that we know what Chelsea are going to do, but we'll still go and beat them? Yeah, I, look, I, I I thought the second half started off like the first half, where first 15 minutes, we just locked them up in there. Um, their, their changes were obvious. He was never going to, he was never going to stop playing the back three. 
three centre backs and the wing backs. So he brings on who I call one of the most underrated centre backs in recent times, Thiago Silva. Even at this age, he was magnificent, by the way, when he came on. Uh, oh, he's fucking brilliant. Um, but but we, Gav, you, you said that we're very solid at the back and we're very good at um, closing in teams and pressing them and not letting them out, mm. even with 11. So with 10, I totally expected that. Um, and I totally expected us to take advantage of that. I I was very disappointed with our second half, though. Very. And Jurgen Klopp's more than anyone else's. Because I think, I think Tuchel done what he had to do. And he made the difference at halftime, whereas our coach didn't. So whatever he told them at halftime and then sort of his change, lack of changes during the game when he saw that it's not working, I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was poor Gaff. I can't, I can't get away from it. Um, I think it was the fear of still the fear of Lukaku that kept Fabinho on the pitch. Otherwise, there was no reason to keep Fabinho on the pitch. Do you remember at Stamford Bridge, lads, when a similar thing happened and they went down to 10 men? Mm. And instantly he brought on Thiago because he knew that would be the difference maker. He, he literally didn't have the balls to do it, Gav. He literally didn't have the balls or call it wherever you want. Trust in the players on the bench. Maybe he thought Thiago was not up to full speed yet. Whatever the reasons are, he didn't he didn't change it enough, especially after that initial burst that we had of 15 minutes yeah. where we, we, we took a few shots. And that's Rain another shots thing. In on them, yeah. yeah, but that's that's another thing. It bemu- I was bemused at why we stopped taking shots. Like suddenly we stopped taking shots and we tried to go through them. Um, whereas they were, as you said, backed up on their penalty area. Yeah. And the likes of Henderson, Fabinho, Virgil should have taken more shots. Um, so yeah, I think we totally ran out of ideas and energy, worryingly yeah. energy as well in that second half. Yeah, it's I, I felt it was frustrating. You know, Salah's ball into Jota was unbelievable. The outside of the boot, and he spins it in over Thiago Silva's head, and, and Jota should do better. And Jota knows that he gets too much on the header. We have a couple of shots from there's one from Henderson is close, one from Van Dijk forces a save, Fabinho. You know, and, and there's a couple of scrambles when we get down the left-hand side and the right-hand side. But overall, it's hard. Shani, like, you have to give Chelsea some credit. The 45 minutes at Anfield with 10 men. And I know they've, they're a good team. And I know they've good players. But you have to give them credit in that second half. Because I felt I felt frustrated by Liverpool. And I thought Chelsea were, you knew what. Like, Chelsea were looking at this from the very start. Chelsea were going there and taking a draw. There's no fucking doubt about it in my mind. The way they set up and the way they looked to counter. But even if you look at Chelsea defensively in that second half, Shawnee, and not on top of that, Kovacic has a good chance. The Kaka was a really good chance. It's blocked by Matip, I think. I thought I, you have to give them credit, Shawnee. I thought they were excellent second half. Yeah, they were good. Look, they, they funneled us into the spaces where they wanted us to go. And we, we never really made them uncomfortable, I don't think. Because, look, anyone can have pops from range. We didn't get in behind at all. I don't think. That's that's my problem with this squad that we have at the moment. Jota, Jota, obviously, you have Jota to come in off the bench at a later stage. But due to Bobby's injury, he comes in. So, their approach is kind of the same. But it, it's... It's too predictable. They just funneled those down the side and said, look, they're going to whip in balls and we'll deal with them all day. 
and that's the way they that's that's the way they did it. And they still had that trick on the counter because Alonso was still a marauding down the left hand side, and yeah. Lukaku was still operating in those channels. They knew, they knew, they knew Alonso was our out ball because Trent was going to push inside and try, try, um, so, try and we were that. timid, Gav. We were timid because of that, and I agree with Grizz because. I think he leaves Fabinho on as an insurance policy when he should kind of go for it a little bit more. Like the the, the standard that this Liverpool team has reached from the club, even at home, you expect us to go and win every home game, no matter who we're playing. You expect us to go and have a go and win every home game because that's what we've more or less been like. Let's be honest. Far last year when there was no fans there, but we were very predictable, very lethargic. I think Klopp was a little bit too conservative in terms of their... The substitutions, like this, is my issue. Gav Minamino is excellent in pre-season. Yeah. Chamberlain is excellent in pre-season, but when it comes to game time, Klopp has no faith in them. He didn't go and he didn't bring them on, and they both give you something different because Minamino can't make runs in behind and get it, and he comes short and he drags player players out of spaces. Chamberlain has a has a crack on him. Chamberlain is a player who can get the ball out of his feet and have a crack around him from everywhere. Look at, at Burnley last year. He can occupy spaces and get the ball out and snapshot and cause havoc. Thiago is more of a conductor, someone who creates chances for you to get in behind. But we just played for it. We played in front of Chelsea for 45 minutes. I thought we were very timid. Uh, I don't think we were as ruthless as we would have liked him to be. I don't think the subs are great. I don't know why he takes off. You can't tell me he's managing minutes because you take a Robbo off at 82. What, what's eight minutes going to do when the fella's gone? He's going to go and play 180 minutes for Scotland and anyway in the next two weeks. And it's, I just don't get it. Like, And this is my point. If Klopp doesn't trust these players, then why are they being kept around? Because there has been offers for them, obviously. So they're no use to us, Gav. Because yeah. they've been performing. It's not like that they're no good. Because Minamino was very bright in pre-season. And like I said, Ox was also very bright in pre-season. Origi's not even on the bench, but I've no issue with that. Because, to be honest with you, I've had enough of Origi just coming on and slogging it around for 20 minutes at the end of a game, to be honest with you. I think he's past the sell-by date. So, I think this is where the hold-up will be with us this season. And the, the, we have options, and it does look like the squad that, but there's nobody there to really change the game. If you get me, mm. if Firmino was out and it's Jota coming in, that's the only way we need somebody to supplement Mane, to supplement Salah, either in the wide, wide areas because they just haven't, they weren't able to unlock them yesterday. And we are very, very predictable. And for me, it's a massive opportunity missed and it's two points dropped. Grace, I, I want to come to you because. We're going to talk about the substitutions in a bit more detail and I want to tie it in with the whole window closing on Tuesday because I think there's something in it and I think a lot of people have reacted to yesterday's game with we need this, we need that and that's that's understandable, you know, that's what happens when, when you don't win a game. You'll get an awful lot of reaction but tie it in with the substitutions and the, I suppose, the, the window closing on Tuesday kind of it's amplified that but I want to go back to something that has been building over the last week and it was it was Romelu Lukaku and um, Virgil van Dijk and Romelu Lukaku was being spoken up as the man that was going to destroy Virgil van Dijk he was going to run over him he was going to do this he was going to do that I didn't see any of that yesterday Chris I didn't see any of that yesterday he, he looked to me like the Romelu Lukaku that left England a couple of years ago and now he's back that's exactly what he looked like to me yeah look no I think he's a far better player um, than the one that left. But, exact same player. 
But no, he's, he's, a, he's a far better player. Yeah, of course he is. He was a good player the last time. He was a good player the last time, no, no, but he no, just no, disappears no. in games and he will disappear no, in games this season. No. You know? I think yeah, the media let the media let Lukaku down because nobody dominates Virgil and Matip. So that was, was gone out no. the window. I was just gonna say the absolutely spot on. Um he was he was up against, and I've said it before, the best centre back pairing <clears> in, in world football when they're fit. I've said it. There's no two there's no centre back pairing in world football that's better than Virgil van Dijk and, and, and Matip. And both are used to playing um, physical strikers like him. I, you asked me directly about Virgil, Gavin, and Virgil was imperious. Like the beauty of Virgil is that he makes it look easy. That's the beauty of him when it's not even easy. So that's so that's um, that's Virgil out of the way. Like he was never going to get the better. You may there was one on the right hand side where Virgil trips or something, or you know he he gets he, he gets a turn on him. Which he will, he will get a turn on on on, on a centre back. I think he, I think he was clever in, in in how he. I think Tuchel used him cleverly. He knew the focus would be on Virgil, uh, mm. sorry Lukaku, and that's why when they did have ten men, eleven men, the space was there for Havertz and um, the Mount, the other player. So I think his coach used uh, Lukaku very well, very cleverly. Lukaku himself, um, obviously, we won't know how the game would have been with 11 men, but I thought he was a threat when they had 11 men. Um, I thought there was a couple of chances, there was a couple of times where he turns Matip. Matip tries to, do, uh, gets the, tries to get the ball before him. But, um, but in the second half, it was, a, it was a walk in the park for our lads. Um, and, and as you say, on one-on-one situations with Matip as well, um, Matip showed his absolute quality, but... but as far as a striker goes in terms of playing up against two elite centre-backs, I, I don't think Lukaku done bad. Or it, was, it didn't look bad. Or he wasn't sort of a disaster. I think he'd done what he could, what he tried. And obviously it was an impossible task. As, as, as I think Shawnee says, you don't get the better of Virgil van Dijk, even with 11 men. against With 10 men, you've got no chance. I just kind of maul 95% of the centre-backs in the league. Like He'll maul Ruben Diaz when they play him. He'll maul John Stones. He'll maul them. That's yeah. what he's he's a Sam, Sam, well, Sam Pandy asks, will the he'll media build the up Lukaku versus Ruben Diaz when they play each other? Yeah, you know, that's why, like, you just, this, this is how good these two lads are at the back. They were never, like, this This was a, like, this This was Sky trying to create, like, I thought I was bleeding Anthony Joshua fighting Tyson Fury the way they were going on all week. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was expecting Eddie Hearn to bring the match ball out. Jay that's Paul the way you were building it up. Yeah, Frank Warren production at Anfield at half five on a Saturday. Like, it, they, this is what they do, lads. They give these the big build-ups. Remember Red Monday, United-Liverpool? Yeah. The worst game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he was never going to get any change out of either, the boys. Never. No. And it, that's not a slight on Lukaku. He will maul 95% of the centre-backs in that league. That's just... Well, he's a, up against the two best. There's a, couple the of, it is. there's a couple of super chats in here. Um... From Aaron, he says, for me, Henderson at left centre midfield didn't walk. Either play him as a DM or right centre midfield. I'll play Kate instead. I'll go on to Kate in a second. Um, let me see. I think MDT, uh, he's going on about Trent's handball against Newcastle and Man City. Um, I know the Man City one you're talking about. Um, Azim Mahmoud, and um, I'm going to put this up on the screen. Sorry, give me one second. Um, it's a long one, so I want to read it out because it's something we're going to come to in a minute. All right, but he says... 
When will the Liverpool fans of Punzel put real pressure on FSG to back our manager? We continue to fall for FSG propaganda. A day or two left um, to back him or we live in regret. Um, I'm going to get on to that in a minute because I want to see what way people are feeling on that. And, you know, without being completely ridiculous one way or the other, there is a conversation around what we need in the summer and how we feel on Tuesday or Wednesday morning if, if nothing <laughs> happens in the window. Brace yourself. Um, yeah, it's it's we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Um, so, Grace, I come to you. I didn't think this was real, but just tell me it was. Um, someone belonging to Kay to having a right go because he didn't start the other day or yesterday. Um, what did you make of that? Because it's it's becoming very frequent for me. I was you know, just going to say it's yeah. becoming very frequent say- now, where you see representatives or family or thing like literally. Throwing their, you know, throwing their two hoopings around about this player or that player starting, and I don't think it helps anyone. Mostly, probably Naby Keita, to be honest. No, it doesn't. But it, it, you're right; it's becoming prominent. Um, I don't think it's his agent per se, like his play agent. I think it's some is it one of his managers. Um, Conseller for Naby Keita, whatever the fuck what that, that means. What does that mean? Okay, on, yeah. So me. I think he's, yeah. An ext- extended mate, you could say probably, but obviously from his party, from his side, from you know his connection. Not even, not even sure. Probably poor Nabi knew anything about it, but yeah, it doesn't help anyone. Um, but these players, these agents, these these reps are becoming more and more prominent in the game. Have more and more say. Have becoming more and more powerful. So it's one of those things that either the player tries to control himself. Or they'll just carry on doing it until a manager calls them out. There's nothing more to it, I think. You know, Jurgen Klopp won't probably ever get to hear about it, so I don't think we should even discuss it really as well. I don't th- honestly, I don't think Jurgen Klopp will get to Jurgen Klopp's desk that X Y Z said something about Naby Keita should have started, or Klopp's letting him down. I think he said or something, or his fault or something. Yeah. Want to move on to the subs. Right, because I think the subs ties in well. So I'm going to use the substitutions yesterday to tie into the window closing. All right, and we, we'll do another 10 minutes or so before we head off. And Keith, I come to you because he, he's enforcing a change in Jota. All right, yeah. for, for Firmino. Um, I think to Henderson one, I think it makes sense because, you know, Henderson hasn't played a lot of football and it's midfield and although we're, we're on top still a lot of running to do back and forwards because it was a kind of end to end game at times when Chelsea managed to get out and then like Shani said earlier he makes that change Robertson on 82 right in a game now if that was 11 against 11 I'd say you know what he's making that change Robertson's running out a bit of steam it's end to end Chelsea are threatening you know it makes sense but there's 10 minutes to go Keith where we're literally on top of this game. We're all over them, right? Bar the odd um, excursion up the pitch every every couple of minutes by Chelsea. But overall, we're, we're on top for me. And when I look at the bench there, I go, right, he has no Origi, probably because he's gone with Jota as his forward. But he has Oxlade-Chamberlain there, and he has Keita there, and he has Minamino there. And he could have put either of them three on for me. He could have put Ox on because we're taking shots. He likes a shot. Right, yep. and he likes to get into those little half spaces and get try to get by people and get to the byline and stuff. Keita can go by a person can see a pass. We've seen it, okay. 
um, Minamino tight situation, you know, low center of gravity. That's what I was. Th- I was thinking Minamino. I was actually thinking Minamino would be the sub because when you're seeing the action going on around the box and the you know little intricacies around the box and trying to get in different places, I thought maybe he'll do that. But he put, he does simicast and, and I immediately I thought the situation in the game the way it is. I thought that's a strange one for me, Keith. And I looked at the bench and went, he doesn't fancy any of them. And then on top of that, I'm thinking. Is that a kind of a message he's sending? I'm not too sure because you know the way it is now. Everything's a message. Everything's a, a another another. There's another angle to everything you do. What did you make of it? And do you think that do, do you think there's a trust issue there? Because when I looked at yesterday, I did think it's somebody with that little spark you need in around the box, something like that, and he didn't go with it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. The Jota one happens early. It's enforced. We know that. Mm. That would have happened obviously later. The Henderson one again, I can understand because the midfield needed legs, and I think when you're you're set up against a block like Chelsea, and I'll say this: I think Chelsea are, if not the best, one of the best teams in the world to adapt with losing a, a player like that. You know, they just put they said set five across their back. They had defensive minded midfielders in front of them, and it was come and break us down. The, obviously we're going to be going a lot side to side Henderson I think only looked more comfortable going in so I could understand him getting the hook maybe would have done it earlier but look that's that's just me the last one the Simicast one Minamino I think has a little bit of guile and a little bit of craft but I don't know if he trusts that he's physical enough to go up there against um, yeah, so. Aspilicueta and Thiago Silva and Andreas Christensen you, you know really got the big big lads so maybe it was a physicality thing. Naby Keita and Ox could have gone on there as well. The left side was the troubling side for me for the whole game. I thought we were so poor on that left side. Um, the Simicast one, I said I would have started them, but to put them on an 86, the only thing there is, right, we're going to just lash a few crosses in. That's that's it. That's telling them what we're going to do. We're, we're not going to try and, you know, if you bring in Naby Keita, he's going to try and get on the ball in the sort of half space between the midfield and the attack and try and slide something in. Like that's what Naby Kate will do. He'll put pressure on their sort of back line and their midfielders more so. Yeah, but he won't do it from a, a central midfield spot. Naby no, Kate, he could do it from he, the left hand. Yeah, he, sort he, of, he kind of tries to get onto the corner of the box and make things happen. Yeah, he could have done that. And we know Oxlade-Chamberlain is going yeah. to get it and he's going to just have shots. I thought our tactic was to have shots at him because if you notice Mendy, he, he palms a lot back into play with his saves. You know what I mean? Like, I was like that, like that, they're doing this, they're taking these shots when Virgil's hitting one from 35 yards and we're hitting these shots. It says, this is a tactic that we're going to, we're going to start hitting them because this fella, he pans a lot back into playing them. He just stopped it. So look, I think they, when it came to the last sub, it was clear. It's right. He's got a good delivery. Simicast says, he put one on the shot his head in the last game. Yeah. And we're going to just try and put crosses in and that's our tactic. And I think it was the wrong tactic. But you can probably understand, you know, hindsight again is a wonderful thing. If he pops up and puts one in on someone else's head, it's a great sub. But I just think, you know, it's Jurgen Klopp is not great at making subs, in my opinion. Um, I think he's over there. Shani touched on about squad trust. People are talking about, you know, uh, Oh, sign, sign, sign. There's no point having 28 players. Jurgen Klopp only uses a handful of them. He only done it at Dortmund as well. And he doesn't want big squads. He doesn't want loaded squads. He doesn't want a lot of players. So 
There's no point so having have, these lads if you're not going to play them. Yeah, so have you, ones. So have ones that you're going to play them. Exactly. Yeah, Trust exactly. them. Do you know what I mean? Get rid of if you're getting rid of security and you're. What's what's the point of having Divock Origi? He's too too loyal to these players. Is me point I'm getting at. You know, he's too loyal. I don't think we move Origi on. I think Origi's there till his contract runs out. I think Minamino, like, if they could move him out, they'd move him out because I don't think he's physical enough. But I just think Jordan Klopp, if they can't move them out, I don't think he's ruthless enough. I don't think he ever can was. I, Even with Dortmund, I don't think he was ruthless enough. Like, can when, I, can, when, 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 what's his name? Kagawa went to Manchester United. He, he spoke about, you know, how emotional it was and this, that. But then he took him back with open arms and tears were flowing and all that. He's very, very loyal to his players to the point that he's probably too loyal. I wouldn't have selected yeah, the team. He, selected he wouldn't be loyal to them if he had players of quality to replace them with. Mm. That's the way I see it. Sorry, go on, Grizz. You wanted to jump. Not in. loyal to Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was pretty much similar. Yeah. I was going to say, look, we keep hearing and we keep saying, even ourselves, between ourselves, we've been we've been chatting about his loyalty and and how he works with a small squad and how he likes it, the unity and the team bonding and spirit. But then, who's to blame? Because there will be a blame eventually if not enough is done to plan ahead. So no one is doubting, and we've said it before, no one is doubting the quality of this 13, 14 players. There's no doubting we are probably favourites along with City and Chelsea. Maybe maybe a bit less than them, but I wouldn't say much. We're, we're, we're all on a level now, right? Because not only did those two teams finish ahead of us, they enhanced their squad they didn't even further. So again, City and uh, sorry, Chelsea and Chelsea didn't. Man United. Chelsea, sorry. Chelsea yeah. yeah, Chelsea didn't. Sorry, Chelsea didn't. But but they showed yesterday that the Skeezers had a pre-season with them on top of the ending to them, ended up European champs and blah, blah, blah. Forget the other teams. Let's talk about ourselves. If we're going to continue saying, oh, he's loyal to these players, there's no point bringing in players that, um, you know, bring, there's no point bringing in players because he's loyal to the ones he's got. I don't see where that takes us. Like, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Where does that take us? If he's loyal to players, he's picking them, putting them on. So loyal, trust is a part of loyalty. So he's not that loyal yeah. if he highly trusts them. So he's, so he's loyal so, because he, he's what's he keeping the lads around because they're going to earn a wage because he doesn't want the lads out of pocket. I so, don't get so it. He called, so he called well, Origi, he, he, yeah, but he called Origi a game changer during the week. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. yeah but so he, he calls Origi a game changer. changing the game on his PlayStation at home because yeah. he wasn't he says, in the squad he, 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 he asked, look, this is going to sound like a, 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 a anti-clock run. Maybe it is. Um, I don't care. He called Ox. He he called out a journalist and said, "Name me, name me a skill set that our midfield doesn't have." I'm paraphrasing. That's what he meant. He meant like, if you want us to bring in a midfielder, name a skill set that our midfield doesn't have. The dynamism of Ox, he 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 suggested, or the returning of Naby and the control he brings to us. Neither of them were used and even looked like coming on against ten men when we absolutely should have pushed on for three uh, three points as opposed to bringing on Thiago who played deeper. Let's not forget, when he came on, he played deep, literally next to Fabinho um, and then Simicast as the other as the other change. I just think 
who do we ask the question to? Because obviously we've seen loads of FSG, 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 FSG. But I'm beginning to believe it's a collective. It's a combination of two. We can't just blame FSG. And obviously we can't just blame Klopp. There is, you know, there is a, a situation here developing if we don't bring in anyone that, for example, let's say Bobby's out for four or five weeks with his hamstring injury. Where, what, what, what are we left with options-wise if, if a couple of them do actually go to internationals or whatever and come back? What are we looking at maybe if they do get called up to internationals Kate, and get an injury? Kate Garden. Kate Garden what, what, what are we looking at? So you're looking we, at the three that are left there and you're looking at Diva Carigi, Minamino, that's what you're looking at. But I th- I th- it, it's a mad one, like, because... It's a mad one, Gaff, like, I agree, like, but it, 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 it's... People are asking, like, people have asked all summer and they've asked me, like, they haven't asked me, I've given me opinion. And I've said, mm. I've said a centre-back, a midfielder and a forward. And, you know, people have said, people have asked me, well, if they don't do anything by, by Tuesday, what do you think? I, I still think Liverpool will win the league. Um, but I don't think they can do it in multiple competitions with the squad we have. I think we have enough there to get away in certain games with the players we have um, to go and win a league title. I've no doubt about that. Um, but when I look at when I look at what we have, and and you make a good point, you know, if if Firmino's out for four or five weeks, we literally down to three because I don't. I, I stop. Ah, ah, listen, I've, listen, Oxley Chamberlain's been touted as a fucking right back before the start of the season. That's being and, silly now. You know, and then, and then Oxley Chamberlain, you know, hasn't played an awful lot of football up front for Liverpool. There's a reason for that because he's not. So why didn't he bring why didn't he bring Oxley Chamberlain on for, uh, for Mane yesterday and push Jota out wide and play Ox as a false nine? Yeah, which, yeah. So it's, it's, it's the same he said. But look, Same before, said, but before, said he's a false nine. Before we go, one more answer, um, and then I want um, I'm going to give you a question. Um, looking at Tuesday, right? So, man of the match, one word, please, uh, Shawnee. Uh, Van Dyke. Keith. Van Dyke. Grizz. Van Dyke. Yeah, I, I I go with that. I think Van Dyke was exceptional yesterday. So Tuesday, um. 11 o'clock, the window's going to close. There's all sorts going on in the in the transfer window, as we've seen over the last couple of days. Nothing's come out, really, from Liverpool. Klopp said if there's one player out there I could find that could better us, um, I'd try to do it, I promise. Um, I think that's a bit of a flippant remark. I think there's loads of players out there that you could try to go for. Yeah, that's so, this is what's annoying me, Gav. Go on, I'll let you go first. Like, he's turning around saying that there's someone who can come in and he'll absolutely make a difference. There's fucking loads of players. Yeah. For one, there's Basuma. We could have signed him six weeks ago. Now, I'm I'm happy to... I, I'm not in the internet space where there's no middle ground where you have to be absolutely FSG out or FSG in. I recognise the good things that they do and have done for the club and the structure that they've put in place. But I do feel there has been times where they haven't really... Back to club, and like Grizz said, we actually don't know whether it's a, a, a congregation of both club Edwards and wherever whoever's paying the bills. But you cannot tell me that we've all we were all in agreement. We played games in the summer, and some of us were signing ten players. Now yeah. it was tongue, Jeez. it was <laughs> no, but it was tongue, it was tongue and cheek stuff. But you yeah. could have actually you could have looked at it and broke it down and said you could actually probably you could actually probably do that. If you started your business now, 
Now, we've made one signing. We've bought Canate. Now, that was a signing that should have been made in January. All right? So we got him anyway. Now, the thing is, it's th- this thing whether you're going to go away from your first choice. I get that, Gav. I get that. But it's not like we need someone to go in there and be absolute nailed-on starters. We can afford to buy a player who will grow into the position. Like a Basuma, all right? For example, just for example, I, I use Basuma as a midfielder. You're looking at a forward. We could have got a Malin. We could have got a Malin for the money Tom and paid for him. Now, I don't care who his agent is. There's plenty of other players around. Now, I understand this homegrown quota shit, but that's gone out the window because Shakiri gone. We should have had deals lined up. We need players in. You do need to supplement the squad. And I do agree with you. We can challenge with the squad that we have, but we're relying massively on luck. Yeah, you're, think, you're, relying, mm. you're relying on your core 14 to 13 players playing eight, being available 85 to 90% of the time. Now, I get that. I think we're fine at centre-back now. I don't see an issue with the centre-backs because I don't think the long-term ones will play. There's definitely an issue in the midfield and there's definitely a mission, uh, an issue in the front line because we don't have many game-changers. We don't have someone who comes in and changes the way we play in the last 20 of a game. Somebody who, that's what we do not have. And like Keith said, uh, Chris, Bobby's out now for what, four to five weeks, let's say. What do we do? And we, and I, I could understand if nobody was spending money. And you look at, there is clubs. Now, I'll exclude City and I'll exclude Chelsea. And, I'll, and I, do you know what? I'll even exclude United because they're playing a different sport at the moment in terms of the money they have readily available to spend. But we should be able to get deals done. I don't understand where the, the, it's this push from, bro. And I, I, I'm not one of these people that says FSG are pushing this out, pushing that out. I don't think FSG tell James Pierce, any of them fucking cronies, a job. I don't even think that they leak stuff to them to pour out to create perceptions. I think that's all done with because it's all guessing games. They're talking about all oh, the big summer, the big summer. The only people that are saying this is these journalists. It's not FSG. They're not releasing statements. They're running the club. It should be way it should be run. And I get that, all right? But I don't want FSG out because they're fucking brilliant owners and they're doing on the pitch, off the pitch, they're doing exactly what needs to be done. But they need the fucking back club. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. They need to back them. If, and a, turn around, club turn around saying we don't need this. We fucking do. We do need. We need a midfielder and we need a forward. Yeah, but, no that's the confusing, yeah but that's the confusing yeah. and, and the conf- confliction of... Of what they're saying of interest, like I totally agree with everything you said, except at the end where you're saying they have to back Klopp. Klopp's got to fucking back them. And free world, I didn't say that. I don't care if you don't sign players. Gavel back me up here. I've been consistent the whole time. I told people to relax their cacks because I was thinking they will do the business. I was sure they'd do the business. Genuinely, I was. Just, I was thinking to myself. We definitely bring at least one more. Yeah, me and you are. Me and you are. Right. And probably oh, and the four of us here are saying. You can I, watch every single podcast back. I fucking hate transfers. I can't wait until the windows close. Yeah, you I do. You it. do hate all this shit. But I think the but four of us have been consistent in the fact that we thought after Canati there would be two more. Two yeah. more. Yeah. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't no. mean that it's not a necessity, right? So I, I always thought to myself, they will get the business done. <laughs> the window closes on the twenty fourth of August, and I did. But I'm thinking now, there's not a there's not a sausage in the media about who we're looking at and there's nothing. The window closes in two days. I'd say the likelihood model, the likelihood is now is that we don't do the business. And for me, that's not good enough because I, Look. and I put my hand up and I'd say, yeah, I was wrong. All right. I thought they'd do the business. And the one thing I said to Gav, if they don't do the business, then questions do need to be asked. Chris, that's all can, I said. 
Can I, can can I just I... answer the legacy summer? Because obviously that's been the key word of the of the summer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right? Everyone's saying le- legacy summer. So no, there's no luck involved at all. Legacy, exactly. <laughs> no, leg- tell me it's not. Tell me it's not been a legacy summer. <laughs> Someone, not the one we were saying. <laughs> not the one we were saying. I said legacy summer because I truly believed that this is what needed to be done in terms of creating a new spine. And so, for example, leave the Mbappe stuff out of it, right? We bought in Kanate, the first midfielder that we were absolutely linked with, and I said it as well, Basuma. So that would have been two young, up-and-coming players that would have been part of this new spine that I was referring to when I said Legacy Summer, right? You can get the violins out probably, like you know, I'm explaining here, 11 o'clock in the night. And then someone like a Marlon, who's 22, 23 probably, I think something like that, someone else to come in. And that's your three that create a new spine and that start the new legacy. And if they don't, absolutely questions have to be asked. So I'm not going to suddenly change it, my, my opinion, and just because they haven't done it. Now, what we're trying to establish, what we're trying to chat between mates like we are, we're trying to discuss and analyze why this hasn't happened. Is it FSG yeah. not pulling in the funds, or is it Jurgen Klopp saying, "I'm not interested in that's new players"? I, that, but that's, that's, no what I want, that's what I want. Michael to ask. But the, but that's, we know it. We, we can't, we can't tell Gav. It's, it's, it's very confusing because if you. But that's what I wanted to ask you, Chris. Like, you know, you will get people that are just fucking so frustrated at the owners, right? I tell you what, the frustration right? is. No, 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 no. Just let, let me finish. Let me finish. One small thing. One small thing. One small thing. We will be. You know, Shawnee said about not enough business. If we don't bring in another player, us and Newcastle are the only teams that have brought in one player. Us and who? Newcastle. And we all know what everyone thinks of their owners. Yeah. Think about that. But I wanted to ask you, and this is what I'm saying. You're getting people that are usually frustrated with the owners, right? Because they see... like. The way I look at it is, I, I say to myself, I, I think we need two players. And what I need, what I mean by that is, if we want to compete on the fronts, like we've seen a Champions League draw the other day, we, we're going to get a little bit, some fans get frustrated at the fact that we just disregard um, domestic competitions, cup-wise, and we've the league. Now, I've said it earlier in the show, I, th- I still think Liverpool have enough to win a league title with the squad they have. But if we want to compete on all these fronts, I think we need to bring two in, Right. And then I just, and, and that's me, I say, we think we need to bring, and if Tuesday night comes, I'll say to myself, don't think they've done enough there. Now, I can't honestly tell you, hand on heart, with any sort of knowledge or information, who has made that decision. And this is what I'm trying to get, get at, Chris. We'll never know that. Chris. No, we'll never we, know that. But, but this we're all in, We were all in agreement here that two minimum was yeah, needed. But, but, this, no. this, but this is the question I want to ask. And, and, and I'll put it to you, Grizz, and then I'll come to you, Keith, right, to get your opinion on, on, on the whole thing. But the question I'm trying to say to you is, Grizz, do we have to take Klopp off face value when he says, you know, I'm happy with the squad, blah, 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 or do we look at it and do we say to ourselves, because I, I, I will genuinely, on Wednesday morning, we've seen nobody going, we can do the league, but I can't see us doing the two big competitions. Do we have to take Klopp at face value, or do we have to look at it and go, listen, this is just towing a line here? Yeah, what I do you think, think he might be That's that. a tough question, Gaff. Well, that, that's what I'm we here for. Is, uh, you fucking, that's a tough question. Because we know what Klopp's done for us and what he brings to us, to our lives, and what he's done for Liverpool as a club. But he's, but if, 
if it's if it's clock towing the line, he's put himself under huge pressure this season for no reason, in my opinion. Because if it, if, if if it's Klopp's decision to go with what he's got, and that's what he's saying in every press conference, and he's not just saying it, lads. Let's call a spade as a spade. He's not just saying it. He's emphatically saying he's it. He's emphasizing when he get, says it, yeah. He's emphasizing and get visibly agitated. Like, you know how Shawnee gets agitated about transfers? Klopp's doing that. He's getting stopped. To, and, and he's been doing it since his time here. Emphasizing about, I don't care about transfers. I just want to bring up my players, coach them, make them better. We can use the crowd. We can use our unity. We can, we get all that because that's the man he is. And that's the man who's in charge of Liverpool. And that's the man who's brought us success. But, but we're now at a stage and we've all agreed. It's not only me. We've all agreed. Even the most FSG man in, Mr. Keith Blunkett, or, you know, others, you know, we've all said that now there needs to be a Liverpool 2.0. Eventually, in the next three years, this team won't be still winning league titles and competing for all the all the titles by the end of his contract, by the time his end, contract ends. Now, is he, doesn't he care about that stage? Because that's the question I'm going to put to him. If I was ever a chance to ask Klopp anything, would be you do need to build for the for the future. So, are we saying next summer we need to bring in five players suddenly? Are we Never actually going to do that? Are we ever going to do that under this ownership but, and under this coach? Because of not not doing enough in one window again, we're already, in my opinion, I've always said it, we're two windows behind. But three a window, two three a window is how you do planning for the future. This is very bad planning, in my opinion. If nothing happens, it's it's a it's a strange one. Um, like Darius Hoyt says, and I, he says um, we're at the stage where fans are calling Klopp Wenger two point simply because of um, the perceived restrictions around spending you know somebody else asked there are we are we not making enough of the covid losses i, I did see something in the echo today 120 million odds but but do you remember that do you remember the vinger chat yeah, in, the, all, in, our, in our whatsapp do you remember yeah, in our the, whatsapp the, the vinger chat yeah the german vinger but the thing is like <laughs> i get that some i do get part of that where you go look they've lost a, a shitload of money right and people would say but this club and that club and that club are spending 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 well three of them are Chelsea, City and, and United and like Shani said, they play a different game to everybody else but there's others around us spending. Now the argument against that would be, well Liverpool have always done this, they spend what they earn and they don't go above that, they, they keep themselves absolutely stable and me and Shani spoke a length about it in January going look you need to step away from that at some stage because I believe the structure they have right, which is admirable and works and doesn't put your club in debt and doesn't put you at risk and is very self-sufficient, it's very difficult to rebuild a side, especially if you're looking to get high prices on players and in order to sign players, unless you're willing to sign, sell your biggest stars to try rebuild, and that's not a rebuild for me. That's that's just madness in my opinion. You're trying to keep hold of these best players. And they've signed contracts with really, 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 really good players. And we're probably expecting Henderson and Salah to come. And people sarcastically have said Henderson to be announced tomorrow and Salah on Tuesday. You know the sort of way. I get the argument for and against spending a lot of money. I do. I genuinely do. You can put COVID losses down. You can put stability down. But then at the same time, you can turn and go, like Grace said, when you get the next summer, 
right? When you get to next summer, and Milner's definitely not going to be playing for me. I, I can't see him being an anyway regular, right? And you start looking at players around it, like, you get the next summer, and you can't tell me Minamino's there in the squad, Origi's there in the squad. Do you know what I mean? And and a couple Kate of others. Ox. Yeah, you know, not even Kate Ox, maybe maybe one of those. You know what I mean? Origi. And then you're saying to yourself, well, they all have to go. And for them to go, you need to bring in quality. And how do you do it based on the way you've done it so far? The only option, and that's where I get people's frustration, is because you look at it and you go, they'll sell Salah for 120 million quid, and they'll bring three 40 million pound players in, and that's one another one out, but they've got three in, instead of, you know, getting rid of these four or five that don't need and just spending. We shouldn't have to sell Salah But this is what I'm saying, Shawnee. This is where people get frustrated with, why isn't there a bit of, not only what we need for this season, it's about forward planning. And what I'm saying is, you have to take a hit at some stage. It's admirable trying to keep a club solid and on a financial basis where you go, we're not in any debt and we're not in any risk. I, I'm going to tell you what it's I think a, it is. But, but it's These admirable. Just let, know that the Super League is coming in. Yeah, but just, just let me finish for a minute. Just let me finish for a minute. It's admirable what they're doing. But I think they're, they're running into a bit of a cul-de-sac here for me. Just a little bit. And I'm not, I'm not asking FSG to go out and spend 200 million between now and Tuesday. That's fucking ridiculous. What I'm saying is, even if they look at their, their losses over the year and they say, to themselves, look, we're, we're going to have to put 50 or 60 million quid down here. We're going to have to. And all right, we're taking it now and it's going to hurt. But next summer, instead of trying to sign five, we're only signing sign two or three. Absolutely. And we forward planned. And I've said it all summer. Your midfielder should definitely be a midfielder that can challenge and be forward planning. And most definitely your striker should be that. And I just can't, I just see, and I could be wrong. They could just pull off a fucking miracle. I don't know. But I just see, especially when you come to next summer, regardless of what happens this season, I see them going and Klopp looking at a massive bottleneck in this squad. A massive bottleneck. What I want to ask, and I know Keith probably wants to jump in. I'm so sorry, Keith. Just one last point. What is, what is, what is, what is the role of Michael Edwards in this and the scouts? Like, yep. what, 100%. What's his job? Like, what's he done well, then? What's he being paid I said for? this and I got lashed out of it. I said this well, and I got lashed out of it. Oh, yeah, he, you, might well, you might as well furlough well, him then. You might as well furlough kind of, him. He's getting away with murder, I think. Yeah. I think, I, that's right. I think it's either FSG or Klopp, but no one's mentioning Michael Edwards. He's, he's not selling players well anymore. And that's probably the market that's that's affecting that. You know what I mean? We're not able to, to get... And I'm not on about the likes of Origi and all that. I think Klopp is too loyal to these guys. I'm on about the squad players taking too long or taking too much of a hit. I think Edwards is probably getting away a bit as well. It's 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 hard. Look, I'm not an FSG cheerleader. I just think they're a good ownership group. I think, you know, they've brought us success, how far it can go. I just think we ignore a lot of the things Klopp says and think it's all, uh, he's only saying that. I, I don't think Klopp wants um, loads of big signings. I think he wants reinforcements. But I think he says, right, whether it's a £50 million pound player or it's a £10 million pound player, I want a player. And I think fans, we jump to the conclusions the, having a shit, um, a shit transfer window. I don't really give a shit about a transfer window until the end of the season. I think you judge your transfers at the end of the season. If you win the league, happy days. If you don't, but the lads are right what they're saying. You have to future plan. You have to be bringing in players. And maybe they, maybe they're not looking at a midfielder because of Harvey Elliott. Maybe Harvey Elliott is now the midfielder that they're saying, right, we don't need to buy a midfielder. Harvey Elliott is That's now a central midfield option. I know to be all right but, with that. 
That's but I had him as a forward option, so I think we need a forward. Yeah, they probably have him as both. But Free World says there, right? I mean, we'll finish up now in a second, but Free World says there, and he makes a good point. Maybe Edwards has no budget to work with. So he's actually. He uh, hold on. Maybe he doesn't, because that's why he's actively not looking to get rid of player A, B, and C, because he's no budget to do anything with it if he does. Right. Like, there's so many scenarios here that we that we don't know, and we're only yeah, here to discuss it. We're not, we're not, we're not my, spouting facts. My issue. Yeah, exactly. My issue with Edwards is he talk about like, why didn't we get Haaland from Salzburg? Why weren't we on Bellingham from Birmingham? Why weren't why weren't we? United was showing him around Carrington and all. So why weren't? And you can actually see now we we get that lad from Newcastle. They are actually doing what Real Madrid don't have that Neymar. Remember Real Madrid literally just bought every single Brazilian that had any yeah. ounce of talent because they were just saying right. Well, we're not going to miss the next Neymar. They got Kate Gordon from Derby. He was everyone in the and he he looks brilliant. Don't yeah, he get is. Wrong. He, looked, he looks really good. But they snapped him up from from Derby because there was teams all over Germany looking at him, and it was the same with this lad from Newcastle. So they're afraid to miss out on them ones. Air scouting should be better. We should have got we should have got Basuma from where did he come from? Lille or Rennes? Where, where did he come from? Rennes, I think. Yeah, we we aren't we looking at them then. Do you know what I mean? Why, why is this this incessant need then to have to go and say, oh, well, we're going to, because we're not going to pay fucking 100 million for Jill Bellingham. I don't care who was oil this. We're just not going to do it. We won't do it. So unless think- we sell fucking, unless we sell someone on and the money is there to do it. Now, I, like I said, I actually don't have an axe to grind with FSG, but they just need to back clock here because they're not bad owners. This is their model. That model is failing them at this moment in time. But the one thing I will say, and this will be the last thing I say, Gav, we go on about what Klopp says and what he doesn't say. I Klopp will never say a bad word. Klopp was visibly rattled in January. And you could tell he was screaming out for a centre-half. And they gave him Kabak and Davies. And when, like, he was kind of like talking about Davies in the Oak saying, well, I, look, I never seen him play. They just told me he's coming. Well, Indy like, B, Indy B, Indy B says not being funny, but you boys sound like you're throwing the toys out of the pram because we've drawn a game against no. Chelsea. No, Indy B, no, le, 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 no. Let me <laughs> let me answer that because we get accused at at times, not at times. We could get accused quite a lot of being FSG apologists. We don't discuss FSG enough. We don't criticize enough. We don't question. Not criticize. Not we don't question enough. And what we're trying to do here tonight is. We're not. I don't think any. Well, no, I literally do that. I, I don't think. I don't think we're screaming, kicking, and screaming. What we're trying to look at is every different scenario with regards to Liverpool. Looking forward, looking back on this summer and towards the the window closing on Tuesday, and saying, "Well, if they didn't do that, why?" And is it FSG? Is it Klopp? Is it Michael Edwards? Is it the market? Is it the losses? Whatever. We're not. We we aren't here. We aren't the gospel. Right, we yeah, don't. No. When we what we say isn't a hundred percent absolute fact because we don't. We don't. We, we this is a show about opinions. So we're trying to give opinions on why is that happening? Why is that? Could that be happening? And we're trying to be as fair to everybody that has any opinion on whether it's club players, um, chief executives, wherever they might be, owners. We're trying to give people as fair as a picture. As we can, and that's why all different comments are being thrown in there tonight. All different opinions and stuff like that. And there's people in the chat that don't agree with each other, and that's absolutely fine. It's all about opinion, but we're just trying to look at it in in a sense of the whole. 
the window doesn't um, hinge on a, on a result against Chelsea. Like, if, if we'd have beaten Chelsea 3-1 there yesterday, I'd be having this conversation tonight. Same Regardless, same, you know the sort of way. Um, but it's 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 just it's it's a very strange one for me, and I worry a little bit about competing on all fronts w- with this squad. I think we can compete on one of the major uh, um, things. I think we can. Alex, no, they don't like. I guarantee if Klopp gets an objective list at the start of the season, the, the FA Cup and the Carabao doesn't even. No, no, I, I, no. What I mean is, or what I mean is, the, the two big competitions. I think it's yeah. hard with that squad to ro- even with a bit of rotation. I think it's hard to. to but push even with both. that thinking, lads, even with that thinking, we pride ourselves often of being the 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 trophy winners, like the leaders of the trophy winners. If we carry on negating the FA Cups and the League Cups, how long before other teams start catching up to us, like the Man Cities and the Chelsea's, who do take these cups seriously? So we, yeah, but they can you know, play we, bleeding two squads, three squads. Well, we have, to, you have sure, three squads. They have a squad we for can, any competition. You know, we, we, we have to build up towards that, though. Yeah, we but have, we, that's we the can't whole compete point. with them in that sense, Chris. No, financially we can't, but we were based on smart scouting, smart analysis of players, recruitment of players. Why has that suddenly stopped? It seems... I, I I just overall... And I think the Super... And I think Shawnee's point about the Super League is absolutely relevant. Is very, very relevant and prominent. It's still in the background, in that's happening. Whether you like it or not, you can show up and you can protest all you want. It's happening because it's they will, they will do what they want. They're starting to get all these clearances now from FIFA and CAS. It's going to happen. It's going to be repackaged. It's going to be the same show they tried to sell us all last year. But uh, look more fair. But uh, yeah, it will be an open competition. But look, 99% of the time, you're not going to get these big 12 out of competition and they're all yeah. banking on it mm. they're all banking on it well before we go eh, my last question <laughs> Tuesday by 11 o'clock um, will Liverpool still have the same squad in place for you uh, ins or outs um, Keith I'll come to you first no I think we'll bring one in one in ever the optimist I okay. think we'll bring one in I think I'll be an attacking player and I think we'll bring one in and I think we will possibly lose one and I think mm-hmm. it'll be Minamino. Okay, no worries. Shawnee, squad the same? Outs, ins? What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be the same. I can't see anything happening. Okay. Maybe, maybe Matt Phillips. Literally Matt Phillips 24, or 48 hours to go now, yeah. Yeah, Matt Phillips. There's, no, there's, there's nothing, Gav. There's no murmurings of anything. Okay, no worries. Grizz, same squad? Any ins, any outs for you? Yeah, I reckon we'll have about two, two outgoings. Okay. And we'll have a, we'll have a forward coming in. Okay. Um, I think we'll do one. And I I'm with Keith. I think Minamino might be the man to be to be sacrificed because Diva Garigi just looks like he's having a great time doing football. So um, I think that that reward. Yeah. Telling you, it's the reward for the goal in the Champions League. It's like we kept all the storage, Moreno. Degsy, all these lads for a long time, Adam Lalana, and let contracts run down or when they wanted to live and ask, look, I need to play first team football. Shakiri wanted mm-hmm. to go and play first team football. They they moved them on. They won't just sell. Like we we all think we're guess well, I know we want to finish up, but we all think as fans, Divock Origi, uh Shawnee said it earlier, does his head in, you know what you're gonna get from him, which is very fucking little. We the club doesn't think like us. 
Klopp, I think, would leave him sitting there and let him go. Unless Divock Origi goes and once says, look, I'm going to go and play football because I'm a footballer and I'm not scratching my arse around here. There's four keepers on the bench this week and I'm not on it. What's going on? Unless he does that, I think he stays and sees out his contract. So I think, yeah, Minamino will um, and yeah. one in. One of those, Chris Brack says, frustrating weekend for the Reds. Men draw one all, the women lose 1-0. Um, Chris has done a couple of shows on the women's um, side of things in the last couple of Fair days. Play. Go and check them out. Um, we're trying our best to promote the women's team this season. And Chris is uh, heading that up for us this season. So make sure you go and check them out, support them, follow them on, on social media and stuff like that. A lot of effort has gone into it, so go and do that. Um, Sienna Steps, please don't forget that. Link in the description. You can go to, if you type Sienna Steps in, Sienna Steps, go for me into Google. You'll find it. If you want to donate there, we're doing our best for her as well. And if you want to buy a virtual ticket for Anfield, the link is in the description. Shawnee, anything else before we go? No, all good, Kev. You good? All good. Happy? All right, good stuff. Grizz, anything else before we go? No, that's that's enough for one night. Okay, good stuff. Yeah, that sounds fair. Uh, Keith, anything else before we go? Uh, quick one. Um, my little sister had a baby this morning. and Little Probably. fella had to go for a little operation straight away. So any uh, little prayers out there, have a little uh, prayer for the little fella. He's not nothing serious like hopefully, but yeah. Okay. In case no they're worries. watching, okay. give them a shout. Does he have a name? Senan. Senan. Okay. Yeah. What a name. Um, Senan. Right. Yeah. All the best to Senan. Anyway. All the Keep best going, to Senan. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice way. Um. Nice way to end that show. Um. Rest of the week forum is on tomorrow. Uh. We have a transfer deadline day. We just drink cans and just pretend we're not. Well, we won't be signing anyone. Uh, so we just have a nice time on you. If you want to join us for a can on Tuesday you know, night, join us. I think we're going yellow to toy in a yellow about, dress. Yeah, about nine o'clock. Um, about nine till half eleven. I think we're going to run for a little while on, on Tuesday night and have a bit of crack as well. Um, Wednesday is the midweek fix with Jamie. Thursday is Carnage with Grizz. Friday is Sports Unplugged with Avi and nothing on Saturday. I mean, we'll be back Sunday. It's it's international week, isn't it? Mm. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel a quiz coming on. I can feel a quiz coming on. Lovely. Um, right, that's it. Oh, and people have asked about me and Andy having a random chat. If it's how long is this international break? Two, two weeks. Three so just I saw some of them are playing again. Okay, yeah, but, but then might, only one weekend. The we next might, weekend we'll be back. We might get um, we might get me and Andy in for a random chat at some stage next week. Then. We'll see how it goes. Right, that has been the Fatback 4. Thanks to Grace. Thanks to Shawnee. Thanks to Keith. Thanks to everyone in the chat. It's been very, very good. And some are FSG in, some are FSG out, some are like, telling Klopp to do this, some are saying it's grand, and that's what it's all about. Loads nice. of different opinions and loads of different angles and things, and it was really, really good. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.